Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hi, y'all. It's Amir Yusai, and yes, I am wearing a rainbow bandana. I was feeling extra, extra gay today. <laughs> so, yes, that rhymes. Um, thank you for being here for our gay Twitter panel for AfterBuzz TV. I'm joined by the lovely Max Talisman. What a last name. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. We're going to dive in with Max and have a lot of fun conversations. And obviously, can't forget about my cuties. Um, you know, misters from another sis, wait, sisters from another mister. Um, <laughs> you got Ollie and obviously Brian Yay. in a crop top. Yes. I'm wearing a crop top. I have to show it at least yeah. one time. Ew. Those are my crunches. Can you see my crunch workouts coming into play? <laughs> yes. We can all wear crops. I love it. So cute. Um, thanks, guys, for being back. You know, we're going to dive right in. We have so many fun topics. Obviously, if you've been living under a rock, you haven't heard about Lady Gaga's concert, The Global Citizen. Such a star-studded event. It literally went on for like seven or eight hours. So it was kind of insane. It was like most of Saturday. Uh, so it was nuts. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Anthony, my favorite queer eye. He's such a little cutie. He's doing a new show with Kenya Barris, who just did Black Death on Netflix. He's the writer for Blackish, sentimental Love. and deep. We'll get to that. And then we also, yes, Brian? Oh, I said love. Ryan? Yeah. Oh, love. Okay. I yeah. want to give you all the attention. In Thank that you. Heart. <laughs> of course. Um, and then we have Bethany Frankel donating millions, not just hundreds of masks, so millions of masks for obviously Corona. And then everyone is salivating over the Spanish army, honey. They had these revealing outfits, giving us life. It was everything we needed. Um, and then obviously we have our special segments uh, with uh, Brian's going to do our pop diva dish. And we have Ollie's going to give us, you know, Ollie, let's talk about it segment. We got so many fun things. I'm not even going to spoil any of their topics. They're going to, we're just going to keep it special and secret. And then obviously we're going to do a quick little Q&A with Max at the end. We really want to dive in uh, to their directorial debut. Um, you, you're doing so much acting and Broadway and such a LGBTQ symbol and role model. So we're going to get into all of those fun things. Um, but I want to just go back right to Lady Gaga, because where better for the gays to begin than at Lady Gaga? <laughs> so did you guys watch this concert? I only saw snippets of this Global Citizen concert, but mm -hmm. what were your opinions? Anyone dive in? Uh, hmm. I actually more so want to touch on the article you shared with us, you know, with gay Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. I watched snippets of the concert and I, I, I was definitely liking it. I was like, well, this is interesting. You know, it's some of the best names in music, but that idea from that article, which basically talks about the fact that it was kind of like privileged, mm -hmm. was like very, very interesting perspective. Because at one point I was like, oh, this is kind of a reach. But at the same token, I was like, wow, that's very true. You know, like 
basically making us more sad than we already are. Like I wanted to hear, like I wanted to hear Gondo like doing born this way and doing a back handspring. Like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but oh my god, I love that. She, I, I love that you say that because as beautiful as it was, as as you said, star studded, all these amazing artists and entertainers, hosts and whatnot, giving into the project, the production. It was kind of like I wanted some bangers to play. Yeah. Like they're like lean on me when you're, which is great. I get it. We want it's Corona COVID nineteen. We're you know this is the relief concert. We just want everyone. Right. We're in this together, as everyone keeps saying. Which yes, okay. Uh, yeah, I wanted something a little, we? a little, a little bit more to take it my mind more off of Corona. You know exactly. if that makes sense. But I did love that they were shouting out like all the essential workers out there. It was good. I like, I got a little bored of it just because it was so long and some of the artists I wasn't sure of. So I kept it on in the background, but obviously I was here for Gaga and, you know, Billy and whatnot, Casey. So shout out to those people. It was all in all, it was really good. And it's nice that they were raising such, such awareness for it and whatnot. That's cute. I like that. That was a Stephanie moment, you know? It's, right. It's, it's, yes. That's when she's Stephanie, so it's great. <laughs> that is funny. That cracks me up. There was a lot of moments where I also kind of didn't recognize certain people, like Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello. I was like, wait, are they brother Ooh. and sister? It was just, oh it was my just God. very <laughs> awkward. I thought it was very awkward. And then I also thought it was very, very awkward when Elton John was showing us the basketball hoop in his house. And like, I felt like, did he realize this is not MTV Cribs? Like, I don't know what, <laughs> What was happening Welcome there. to my crib. <laughs> right? So a lot of people on gay Twitter were very upset. They were like, we don't need to see how the 1% is living. Um, so <laughs> did you did did you guys get like triggered? Because the article was the New York Post and it it was it was like a lot of quotes about being triggered by these celebrities and how a lot of people were like, we're kind of over celebrities right now. Do you guys we've talked about this on the show before about kind of like how celebrities kind of act out a little bit during these times. Did you guys feel there's anyone in particular that stood out or any any moments where you felt it was kind of cringy? Probably um, the Camila and yeah. what's his face, Sean. That was pretty cringy. <laughs> but I will say that article, like it's funny how that article has that 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 um that opinion, but also people were coming right. for like Charlie Puth for like not mm. making his bed. I'm like, yeah. bro, <laughs> all of these, all of these people are normal human beings. Yeah, they're celebrities. Right. But like, I'll try to be in gonna, there with him. You're gonna be like, oh my gosh, they're all rich and famous. And then you're gonna come and come for someone who didn't make their bed. Like, right. Like right. it's right. crazy how some people are just so critical yet hypocritical. I don't know. It's just yeah, you know, whatever. Mm, I whatever. You on that. I don't know. <laughs> no, I relate to that. I think it is like it we're very hypercritical of celebrities and we kind of hold them to a different standard. But I think that what I've noticed even with, um, you know, even gay icons, people have kind of realized, listen, they are not as amazing as we thought. They are still human beings with their own mental health struggles. So I think people are realizing like, they're not really looking up to celebrities because we all kind of are in the same position. Whether your house sure. is $20 million yeah. or you're in a one bedroom apartment, you're stuck at home. Right. So, you know, you have no real financial privilege. So that's kind of been interesting for me because a lot of celebrities will talk about private jets and trips and, you know, fashion right. shows. They can't do any of that. So mm -hmm. I think that they're kind of stuck indoors, which is which is like, literally very tough. Yes, I feel like, like it makes me um, not like in the way that we were saying we're all in this together. There's a sense of comfort in the fact that everyone is struggling right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The fact that everyone's staying home and the fact that everyone has to do work from home if they have work, like that everyone's really trying to focus on getting everyone back on their feet right now. Yeah. I think. That's it's interesting because I do sense, at least among 
a lot of people, there's this sense of camaraderie, you know, like celebrity or, you know, anyone. I feel like everyone kind of feels a sense of like togetherness in this, at right. least that's what I've been getting. And so that's, I've taken a lot of comfort from that, from, you know, being home and, you know, taking a pause. The fact that everyone is, you know, taking a pause, everyone that had to stop what they were doing. And um, mm -hmm. I think that like celebrity or not, there's comfort to take from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it's like, we're, we're all kind of stuck at home and we have to do the, make the best of it and including celebrities. So that's why a lot of them have been going, you know, live on Instagram and sure. doing concerts, etc. And I hope that Lady Gaga had, she kind of had been teasing about releasing some music with Chromatica. She keeps teasing us. I hope she just like releases the album at the right? end of May. We just need it. Like, <laughs> just, just release it. Like, y'all have enough money. Just the gays need this. So please <laughs> release your music, Gaga, please. At least yeah. we have um, Dua for now. What was that? At least we have Dua Lipa for the Yes. <laughs> yes. I love Dua Lipa. nostalgia. Interim. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, we have at least we have Dua, right? That's not the worst thing. Um, yeah. At least, uh, so I just wanted to quickly read some fun tweets about this. So Sam Greisman, who is, if you don't know, he's Sally Field's son. Um, he likes to refer to himself as Sally Field's gay son. So he said, Shawnee Mendez and Camila Cabello prove that non-siblings can also have huge, creepy incest energy. So that was really funny and it really cracked me up. So it was just, <laughs> I thought that was a good one. So I just wanted to end that little segment with that because I thought it, he's so funny. Um, but I just quickly wanted to thank everyone for being here at AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. We're here every week giving you all the fun rundown from gay Twitter and all that's going on in the world. Um, and so I just wanted to thank you all. Please go like, subscribe, and comment. Um, we're in the live chat right now. So if I kind of get distracted, I'm just trying to make sure I read out any live comments. And please go and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And this way we can have more lovely guests like that and just all have fun conversations. It's going to be great. Thanks, y'all. And then I quickly wanted to kind of pivot um, to Anthony. I, I feel like I'm always thinking about Anthony, so it's fun <laughs> that we can finally talk about it. Um, <laughs> uh, so he started doing this like quarantine fashion, like cooking segments called quarantine cooking or something like that on his Instagram and it's been super cute. So he's kind of been on my mind. So then when this story broke, I was like, oh my God, we have to cover it. Um, so he uh, is doing a show about, he's fluid like sexually, he's very fluid and he's been with girls and guys and trans people. He's very open. I even didn't know this about him. And so him and Kenya Barris got together and they really want to bring a lot of attention to people that are non-binary, that are sexually fluid. So hopefully the show will have that like breadth of characters without it being kind of tokenizing. Um, by having Anthony as part as an executive producer. I don't know if he's going to be in the show, but he's definitely producing it. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Is that something that, um, Ollie, you would be interested in to watch? Um, I don't know. I feel like I should watch it. Because, like, right now, like, I love Anthony. He's beautiful. He's great. I love that he is, like, representing, you know, non-binary. Because that's something you don't see in media. Like, at least from, I watch a lot of things, and I don't see people representing, uh, being non-binary and being sexually Absolutely. fluid so it's always like oh you're either black or white you can't be or even like th there's the whole topic of like erasing bisexuality and whatnot but obviously mm -hmm. sure it's all about casting I feel like it's all about the way yeah. they put it together hopefully they're gonna have people of color like it, they're gonna really make an effort to to kind of have a show Diversity. that has exactly exactly what about you Brian um well Anthony is just so hot like I have to watch it. <laughs> no other way to say it literally yeah I, I was watching yeah. the first few episodes of Queer Eye when I first got into it and I was just like mm, 
hit me with that steak, please. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> hit me with that steak. Wow, even a food reference that you made. He, dirty. he did it. make hot dogs in one of the first seasons. Oh, Remember when he made hot dogs? So yeah. I, I would love. I agree. I would love to have a try. <laughs> I saw yes. him at the LA Food and Wine Experience and so hot. That's another story. But I'm definitely going to check out this um, yes. series. It's super, yes. super fun. Echoing up 100% what Ollie said. It's definitely just more diversity in any form of representation is what we want to see. So love that. Right. Amazing. Amazing. I love that. Um, so I had qu- I'll just quickly kind of gloss over this because it doesn't really require a whole moment but I just wanted to give that thing for her dear a lot of people stand her and they were very upset when she left Real Housewives of New York but she had really left for a good reason she didn't leave to like become a singer which a lot of them do she left because she is giving literally millions of masks so you can call Bethany if you're a doctor at a hospital that doesn't have masks and she will literally provide the masks like through Facebook so she's doing a lot of amazing work and it's it's just I just wanted to give her some attention um before I pivot to what I really want to talk about, which is the Spanish army. (laughs) (laughs) Um, These photos dropped a couple days ago and people went bonkers on gay Twitter. They literally went nuts. People were salivating. I think it has a lot to do with quarantine as well. Um, (laughs) They're all these like gorgeous Spanish men, Harry wearing these outfits that are literally (laughs) tailored to the gods. Like you guys don't have it. Like, please go see them because it's just insane. Like these photos, like just look up Spanish army quarantine and they will come up. And literally (laughs) without being crude, like, well, this is crude, but these (laughs) outfits are very packaged, inspiring, enhancing, it's insane. <laughs> you guys just need to go see this. So what are you guys thinking, like, about all of this? Do you think it's inappropriate? Because a lot of people are saying these outfits are inappropriate. Like, they're there to serve. Like, why are they being sexualized? Do you think it was just, like, a misstep? Or do you think that the Spanish army was like, no, we're going to make them look hot? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here to serve, too. Um, but... Yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, kidding, but... No, I think it's totally fine. Like, I honestly, I think this is not just because it looks great, but I think also it probably helps, you know, in battle because it's very well fitted and you can move, you can move around a lot. You know, I think that's where their mind was. You know, if I was the head of uh, director of fashion on the Spanish (laughs) army, I would do the same. So that's what I think. (laughs) Mm, Okay. I doubt the the Spanish army has a fashion director. But I love where your mind is at, Brian. Maybe that's a new position for you. There we go. I'm going to be a Spanish national. I love that. No, those outfits are on point. Like, those men are so beautiful. But also, I want one of those outfits for sure. Those are, like, styling, like, for sure. But, yeah, like, I don't know. People are too, uh, I don't know. They could be a little, what's the word? Prudish, I think, sometimes. And it's, like, when is sex such a, like, taboo, taboo thing, which, like, they're not even like they're not having sex and why is sex such a bad thing right. you know it's just sure. it creates like or any sexual themes i don't i don't know everyone mostly everyone has sex i don't know it's just like a normal thing that mm-hmm. most people do i don't know i guess i'm more open um, not sure. a poor okay a little bit but not right now <laughs> but i don't know it's like it's it's an outfit and like I don't right. Know, if, and oh my gosh, if like women were dressed like this, they would get it even worse, you know, like something like way that. So worse. It's just, it's just mm. I don't know, people just need to calm down. But I'm here for like the thirst traps, you know. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a thirst trap. I mean, Ansel Elgort, Elgort just raised $200,000 with one right. photo. So I think that thirst traps are the new uh, power move. So I'm yeah. not mad at it. I just want to quickly <laughs> read a fun tweet that someone said. They said, 
I think I speak for all New Yorkers when I say Spain, hi. Can you deploy some of that in our direction? We will comply with your orders <laughs> and we will stay inside. I was like, wow, that's kind of funny. And then people kept chiming in and it was really funny. Someone said, not that I've blown it up or anything, but it seems important to note that the buttons only start halfway down. This is by design. I hope so, God. I hope so. <laughs> so that was a really funny. I thought that these tweets were just, people were going nuts. And I don't know if it would have made this much of a noise if we weren't all stuck inside and corny as ever so I thought that was just really funny and it really it, it was just something light to talk about um mm -hmm. I also want to um discuss uh so Kansas uh there's a nurse in Kansas and Rachel Maddow decided to really call this person out and give them their moment in the spotlight which I thought was amazing because this nurse from Kansas had no real like reason or or no one pushed him he decided to go to New York and be on the front lines he put himself up at a hotel um, which I hope that Rachel Maddow will um, pay him back for because she's really called him out. And so Danny Renzi, he's really come into the spotlight. And a lot of people are really standing for him because he's also done these daily diaries on his Instagram post talking about how bad it is on the front line and how like people really need to stop complaining about being inside. And um, he, he, it, he's just like really become like a social justice warrior. Um, do you guys agree with the way that Rachel Maddow kind of went about Kind of not exposing him but bringing him to light do you think that it, that was appropriate or do you think she should have just left him where he was or do you think it was nice that she gave him his due um good I, go ahead, I, go I ahead think, brian i mean he, well sorry you want to go first no no go no, no go, go ahead, ahead. <laughs> I, no, no, please. I just think all in all like i'm sure he wants the story his story to be told he wants his point mm -hmm. of pov to be told like that's why he's mm -hmm. posting it and i feel like a lot of people need to realize if you put something on the internet it might go viral it might sure. you know uh, rachel rachel might find it and you know talk about it so I think it's I'm totally here for you know because like if 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 she didn't then we wouldn't be talking about it right now and his story wouldn't have been told it would have been possibly forgotten and I'm totally here for his message like why are people complaining why are people protesting which I'll talk about later in my own segment like yes he has to go and he's probably going like a lot him and a lot of nurses are probably going to be dealing with PTSD, like some kind of form of PTSD, Absolutely. like after this is all said and done. And it's really disgusting when I see people, this is more for my segment, but <laughs> complaining about a haircut, you know, like it's, it, you know, I have, I know people that work in hospitals. I know my mom's a nurse, so it's personal oh, for me. So it's, sure. it's just, I can't deal with people who are complaining about staying home in the safety of their house because mm -hmm. they can't work where, you know, right. our essential workers are forced to, our, our healthcare right. workers, they need to make a living and they want to help people, you know? They do, absolutely. It's, it's just really sad, but it's a really touching story. And I'm glad that he's finally getting his story to be told by thousands of people. Holly, you are so well-spoken. I mean, it's like, you really touched upon a really good point that I want to mention. And then I'm going to jump to you, Max. I, I think what you mentioned is really important because if you look at all the other countries in the world, not to get too political, but America is the only country that's protesting the stay-at-home order. So we have to really look at that and really look within ourselves and do some soul searching and realize no other country is doing this. No one else in the world is protesting the stay at home order. So even in Israel, when they protested the government, they stood six feet apart with masks on. So look at the way the other countries, like let's look at the way other countries are doing it and have a little bit of respect. And he even went on in this article to talk about, you know, toe tagging the dead bodies and calling relatives. like that's going to give him PTSD and it's going to be a lot on his, on his heart. So right. um, Max, uh, I just want to go back to you. Uh, you were going to ma make a point. No, I, I totally agree with everything Ali said. I just think touching on the protesters and stuff, I think it's just mm -hmm. 
shocking level of self-centeredness with these people. Yes. And I think yes. it's, it's kind of blown me away how like, I mean, listen, I'm young, I'm healthy, right? I'm staying right, right. home because it's not just me, right? right? I could go out, mm. you know, even if I get infected and like, even if I get super sick, that could happen. It's more mm-hmm. likely I'm going to get a mild case of it and I could get someone else sick. And mm-hmm. or and then it'll spread to someone else. You know, it's mm-hmm. that's how it's a domino effect with what's happening right now. And the fact that people can't see this big picture because they're so focused on their own lives, on their mm-hmm. fact that they can't go outside to the park or that they can't, you know, go to their favorite restaurant and, or go back to work. It, it blows my mind to not realize, to not have people realize that this is a moment in time, right? This isn't, mm-hmm. it's a moment in time if we all follow the rules. Right, we all absolutely. It's a moment in time. If we right, don't, right. This is this could become more of a reality because these people are protesting. So mm-hmm. that's what I think is shocking to me, just that level of self-centeredness to go outside not with a mask and just be screaming and saying just crazy be affecting this country at such a larger scale than just yourself because you're so Right. And Max, what you bring up a really great point as well, because I think a lot of people don't realize that, like, um, you know, you infecting other people affect. And with the Spanish influenza, the first round, it was two, three million people. The second round, it was 20 to 50 million people. Mm-hmm. So you really ask because people came out again, they were like, oh, everything's fine. And it's like, that is going to catch up with us. And I think it's, but it just goes back to just not being aware of other people's needs. And it's funny to me that a lot of the protesters are using the anti-abortion campaign, which is my body, my my rights. And I'm like, y'all are using the same abortion, like, right. But you're against. Like, makes no sense because they're the same people against abortion. Yeah, right. Like, it's no almost sense. they're mocking. It's just, like, crazy. Yeah, like, I'm sure. Mocking the abortion, like, and the the pro-choice movement by right. putting it on, putting their own stamp on it, and it's just so it's ridiculous and disgusting. It's frustrating. It's just very, right. very frustrating. I know we were trying not to get political, but like that is just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. And you know, I think the more things that happen in the media, like I, I don't know if you guys heard, but Elizabeth Warren's older brother died of Corona, and I think, and the way that everyone kind of rallied around her, the it's just unfortunately we have a november election it's impossible to not be political like it really right. it becomes very hard to um really not get involved uh brian did you have a point you wanted to make before we move on no no just echoing everything no, you guys okay. said um yeah okay. it's just i'm happy that they're telling the stories healthcare workers need to be acknowledged for all the hard work they do shout out to all of them they're amazing and we'll talk about it more in all these segments Yes, all these segments going to really allow us the opportunity to really get it. <laughs> um, uh, so I also wanted to quickly just touch upon this because I think it's very important. I have received death threats on my own social media as well. Um, being a gay Muslim, people really have come for me. I've gotten a lot of aggressive messages. So I really relate to this next story. Uh, Britta is uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, you know, she's the contestant, and she was just eliminated. And a lot of people were giving her death threats and there was a lot of aggressive behavior and she actually quit her Instagram and couldn't deal with it anymore. So I think that like, it's really important that we talk about how important our words are. If you're, I even get messages on AfterBuzz comments that I've gotten that have gotten very aggressive people calling me stupid. So I think yeah. it's really important that you realize just because you sit behind a computer doesn't mean you can you know, decimate people. Um, did this story kind of affect you guys? Like how did it affect you all? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely the power of words. Like, it's just, it's so crazy how people don't, don't understand that you really can make such an impact on someone with just something you say, you know, and especially, like you said, doing it through the computer where you can hide behind anonymity um, and not even really tell that person to their face 
all these horrible right. things you're saying. It's just right. so, so, so awful. And shout out to Britta, you know, hopefully that she's doing okay now. Um, she's taking mm-hmm. this, this break from social media to really reset and cleanse because people really can be awful on social media. So it was so sad to see. Right. Yeah. It's really sad Agreed. because that happens a lot on Drag Race. You know, people will get eliminated or they're marked the, uh, like the villain, look at the villain edit. And I feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. don't take like editing in, into mind. Like they're, the, the producers are crafting like certain queens and characters. They're trying to make a storyline basically for the sure. it's reality television. It's not like right. necessarily scripted, but they're trying to manifest a story for people to get behind certain characters and maybe get against certain characters. But it's really sad that people take the show to art. I love the show. I love, you know, showcasing different drag artists from around the world, but it's crazy that the fan base, you know, is very young, but also very toxic. And I, I bring this up a lot in the after show when we talk about drag race more in depth. Um, it's crazy. Like that's at the end of the day, maybe that was a villain on TV. Uh, maybe things were more escalated through editing, but that's still a human being and it's wrong to absolutely send them hate death threats. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it's mind, it blows my mind because this is like the queer community in it, in itself mostly, you know, and allies. Wow. And, sure. and allies, but it's just, it's mind-blowing. It's drag. It's not that serious. Right. It's art, right. you know? <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be fun. And, yeah. and that's, what, that's what she said. She said it wasn't fun anymore. And I, I deleted my Instagram and I, I got on social media because it just wasn't fun anymore. And I think you you really mentioned a great point, Ollie, because a lot of people forget. I, I, I don't know the numbers, but I would say at least 90% of those hate mail was queer people. I, I don't I don't think that allies come for people like that. It's always our own community because I believe hurt people hurt people. Right. I have had so many arguments at Drag Race parties where I know people who have been racist will never date a black person will never date a brown person and then they're like yes queen work it to that drag queen you only like people of color in entertainment you don't you never see them in your own lives and I I think that that's something that is is definitely white privilege it is definitely uh gay privilege it is cisgender privilege and a lot of gay men are like it's just sass but sass is is can escalate very quickly so I just I mean, it's just a message to queer people. We have to be nicer to each other because the rest right. of the world, it, look at quarantine. There, Even in New York, there's an anti-LGBT tent that is not accepting gay people that are sick. I mean, like, look at look at your own, this is the United States. This is not Chechnya. This is not the Middle East. It is in the United States. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important that queer people, especially now, band around each other, like support each other. Like, you realize that Britta is at home right now quarantine and getting these messages. Like, do you realize yeah. that like, she could have take her own life, and then that's going to be on your hands. Yeah, like, right. on your. It's just insane. Like I don't isn't understand. There, I know this is like making a little lighter, but wasn't there a line in um, Big Mouth where that older gay man said to the younger gay man, "He's like the young gay and mean is not a personality." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. There you go. <laughs> it's so true, though. Like I think we craft that persona because it's funny, and I I'm even been guilty of it. Like there was a summer where I only hung out with buff white, very straight acting gay men and I would say things that, that I really regret now that I but you get caught up because you're like oh I'm cool somehow and then you realize as you step out of that gay community you're not a celebrity anywhere else but there mm-hmm. like nobody cares about you nobody genuinely cares who you are like and it but people get caught up you come to LA you want to be part of that group like it is like honestly part of a bigger conversation but it's something that is very near and dear to my heart because people need to stop doing this to each other like just stop <laughs> like <laughs> Just take quarantine as an opportunity to just stop, period, done. Like, you don't need it's to be like cruel to each other. Instagram, you should delete yours if you're going to attack people. Right. Mm-hmm. It, yes. And if you look at those people, Max, they usually have, like, five followers. They mm-hmm. literally, like, one guy threatened to slit my throat, and I looked, and he had, like, 15 followers. And I was like, 
um, sweetie, who's going to sell my throat, bitch? Like, so it's just, you know, like, it's, but you just have to kind of, but like, I'm 33. If I got that message when I was 16 years old, I might've taken my own life. So yeah. like, just be aware of that. And I, right. and I think people are like, oh my God, stop talking about that. It's so dark. And I'm like, it's not dark. You're making it dark. Mm-hmm. Like mental health is not dark. It's just like someone was like, oh my God, you're eating so much. I'm like, no, it's my depression. Like you have to be honest about where you are in the world. I don't know. I could go on about this all day, but um, <laughs> in the, in the interest of, interest of time, I really want to get to Ollie's uh, segment. Cause it's fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. So Ollie's read all about it, honey, take it away. Yeah, just real quick. Uh, we kind of talked about kind of how people are protesting and there was this huge uh, protest that went viral on Twitter everywhere, not just gay Twitter, but there was mm-hmm. uh, a counter protest to the people who are anti, uh, anti-lockdown and they were, they wanted the country to reopen. This happened in Denver, um, but there was actually nurses who were standing in front of them, and it was it was really just hard to watch. Just seeing these healthcare workers being yelled at by this lady who was hanging out of like this truck, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but um, mm-hmm. you know, it just it, I just wanted to continue to drag those people, and you know, I like I said, I know people that are in the healthcare system, my mom and whatnot, friends, and it's just really disheartening that you want the country to if you want to work so bad basically bottom line just real quick summing up if you want to work so bad get an essential job like go work at Rite Aid go get a job at Starbucks they're still hiring like I see people like mm-hmm. we need friendly workers like people are still hiring like grocery store if you want to work so bad or mm-hmm. and if you need a haircut cut it yourself look a mess like the rest of us cut your kids I cut my hair. own hair it's fine you know it fine. It, it's not like it's really not that bad and like right. there are people who have it so much worse you know being right. in the healthcare system healthcare system working and risking their lives day in and day out and are going to probably have some really bad effects after this and all you got to do is stay home it's not that it's not that serious not that so i just wanted to drag those people but we kind of already dragged them but yeah <laughs> they're dragged. we really did drag them they've been dragged and I think yeah that's that, your own personal experience that's too. the argument i want to work like we want to work get a job you can still get a job like at like mm-hmm. i said at an essential job sure that's, that's or they, learn that Sorry, they probably like they probably look down on you know like people work down mm. look down on people who work at starbucks work down on if you're mm-hmm. a bagger at a grocery store it's just mm-hmm. I, I feel like quarantine you know is also showing like people's true colors at the same time there's good people sure. and then there's there's really shitty people yeah <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yep yeah i was unfortunately yes like, go ahead max i saw that image and i literally had the thought i was like this is like an iconic image right the fact like the iconic I mean, there were a few of them. There were male um, nurses standing in front. There were female nurses. There were all kinds of people standing in front of these protesters. The one that stuck in my mind was the male protester standing in front of, like you mentioned, the woman like holding out a sign outside of her car. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I noticed that and I saw it and it, it really sunk in that this is going to be an image we're going to come back to 20 years mm-hmm. from now, 30 years from now. Sure. You know, it's going to be, how did we act from this image? Because it's very mm. clear in this image who's on the right side of history, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> to me, it is, but it's just gonna—it's gonna come down to like, what is this image gonna mean thirty years from now? Are we gonna say, "Thank God that this image happened because people started to, you know, take notice of the healthcare workers," or are we gonna say, "Damn, we should have really noticed this image when it came out," you know? Right. 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 No, it's really, really well said, and I think that like it, it's about in twenty years. There's a lot of funny TikToks that show like. Oh, in 2040, like we're going to have trauma from 2020, of course. But I think this image like this, it really 
helps to solidify it. And, and you know, they always say photos speak a thousand words. So you can see so much in this photo. And in the video version, someone walks by and, and taps the, the nurse mm -hmm. on the shoulder. And it was just like, it made me cry because it was like, oh my God, this person's like validating this human being and, mm -hmm. and, and, and not standing for this person that, you know, is hanging out the, you know, there was a lot of jokes on gay Twitter because I don't want to get so serious, but there was a lot of jokes comparing it to no scrubs. I don't know if you guys saw that where it was like, <laughs> I don't want no scrubs. She's hanging out the passenger side of her oh best my friend's ride, ah. trying to follow <laughs> me. So it was very funny. And I was like, you know what? Like, God bless the internet for always being able to bring light to stuff that we go through because that does bring us together. You know, however toxic Twitter can be, it also does bring us together. Right. Um, so it's, it's really, really fabulous. Um, but before we get to a couple questions we have for Max, I want to do uh, Brian's Pop Diva dish to kind of get us a little out of the, you know, COVID um, fog <laughs> that we all are in. Yeah. Yes, right. I love it. I'm so happy you brought up Lady Gaga for your hot topic because she's actually our diva of the week. Love her. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm talking about the track release of Chromatica. So, so exciting. Gay Twitter went absolutely wild for Gaga. We were all Gaga for Gaga as usual um, because she released the tracks. I don't know if she released it or it was leaked or both. Um, but it, it's out and we're ready for Chromatica. We have Ariana Grande featured on it. We have Blackpink featured on it. We have so many amazing things happen. Obviously I'm the biggest Ari stan, so I am ready for this. <laughs> Ali, I know you're also a big Gaga stan, so are you ready? Are you excited? Oh my gosh, Blackpink. <laughs> I'm so happy people like know who Blackpink is. Obviously it's K-pop and I saw them at Coachella. Uh, but yeah, it's really cool that Gaga is, you know, showcasing this because it's also helping us get our minds off of like the rest of the world and you know mm. pride is canceled but obviously you know every day is pride let's be real mm -hmm. so like this it's is kind of back this is kind of <laughs> we're gonna celebrate pride in our bedrooms in our homes yes. this year and we're Fine. gonna be listening to hopefully maybe chromatica you know yes <laughs> yes 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 no pride doesn't go away like there's a backup <laughs> right. dancer actually for lady gaga mark canamera and he does an ig live dance party every friday on his instagram so he does oh. full on wigs and, and confetti coming out of his underwear. So I think mean, pride doesn't go away. It doesn't yeah. go away. Never. never, 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 never. Max, are you a Gaga fan? Who isn't, right? I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, Madonna isn't. Madonna isn't. <laughs> Fair. I think like the thing about Lady Gaga is like, especially in the past few years, I think we've realized like how multi-talented this woman is. Like, holy shit. Not only is she one of the greatest songwriters, alive but she's now one of the greatest actresses and mm -hmm. also she like she sings her fucking face off and it sounds insane you know what i mean like this woman is so fucking talented like i just yes i, I absolutely love lady gaga she's yes cool. we're ready all, for dramatica yeah all, all yeah. and all that on top of that the philanthropy work that she's doing yeah yes. all, all the money she's raised so she's just yes oh I love her. I love her. <laughs> we love Lady Gaga. I loved her from that first episode of Sopranos, honey. I have loved Stephanie from day one. <laughs> so, I, uh, such a fan. Um, all, another person I'm a huge fan of and, and has been with us the whole time, obviously, Max Talisman. You, your words have been so eloquent and well. And I wish that I was not such a, I could just say things that have impact. <laughs> Um, so I, I know that you're obviously directing things like this that people don't know, and it's going to be like an amazing, uh, movie that's going to come out romantic comedy. I want you to explain it from you than me kind of butcher it. So tell us what is the kind of center of the story? Sure. Um, well, I, I think I'll start more like why I wrote it. I think yes. I wrote it because, uh, 
basically I, I started writing it around the time that we had um love simon alex strange mm-hmm. love, all these movies which are amazing movies i have to say i'm a big fan of both of them and all movies that are um similar to them but what i was struck by was uh the fact that every romantic comedy i have ever seen is either about coming out or lives in this world of super campiness which I mean is great. I, I love those movies too, GBF and all of the movies like that. They're amazing fun. But I, I haven't ever seen a movie that represented myself as someone who is um, a young millennial figuring out my life. But the fact right. is that it came out, right? Like that's not part of my life, right? Like I know who I am and I'm okay. Like I love myself and I love who I am. And so that part of my life is dealt with. And so mm. I want a movie that just showed to gay men falling in love, right? I wanted a movie that was universal in its appeal and that straight people and anyone, I mean, anyone on the spectrum in any way could see themselves represented by because it's just two people falling in love and they just, mm. right? And so I, I was I was struck by that and I just started writing this romantic comedy and, and from it, uh, things like this was born. Wow, I love the title too. I think it's really fabulous. Um, Brian, do you have a question? Yes. So um, what I want to know is you talked about a little bit with those two movies and I feel like Hollywood has definitely gotten a lot better over the years with LGBT representation and visibility, but I obviously I think there's still work to be done. So what progress do you think could be made in that regard? Well, I think, I mean, we touched on it with the Anthony show, right? I think right now um, there's a ton, there's not a ton, there's still not enough gay representation. I mean, the thing is, I, I, as someone who's, you know, lived in New York and LA, and I, I mean, I haven't lived in middle America, but like, let's be Thank God. <laughs> we should be represented in fucking everything. Like, there's not yeah. a show on TV that should not have at least four gay characters compared yes. to the cast, because at the end of the day, that's what it is demographically in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think we touched on this with the Anthony stuff. I think there's so few shows um, that have queer people of color right, or have people who are cisgender queers, right? I think we really only have Pose, which is about a historic moment in time. We don't have anything that exists now. I mean, I know I didn't have a chance to watch it, but I know that the new L Word had a character who was non-binary, which is awesome. Mm. Um, yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Jameis had a character who was trans, and um, my point is that characters who aren't cisgender, white, gay men we they need a chance as well right and and they need to feel just as represented as a gay white man feels represented or as a a a lesbian person feels represented at the end of the day we need to represent everyone because that's what films should do films should make people feel they should Mm. feel represented they feel safe watching a movie and i think that's what i am struck by as a creator is i want to really make people feel seen whoever they are and so that's what I think it, it, we need more of, is that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I love that, thank you. What's your take on, cause this might be like a loaded question, cause obviously things like this is a romantic comedy, but I feel like a lot of like the queer films that get like the press and the awards and whatnot, the, the ones that get like super successful are like very like spoilers, like sad, like they get, they have like sad endings, like mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name, Brokeback Mountain, Philadelphia, even like Moonlight, which I love all those films, don't get me wrong but they do kind of have very somber elements of like the queer experience. So what's your kind of take on that? And did that all affect things like this at all by chance? I, I think it only affected it in that I was like, I mean, cause obviously I, I, I've seen all those movies. They're incredible films. I mean, 
Brokeback Mountain, I anytime I want to cry, that's what I'm watching. Right. <laughs> Same. Same. And um, Moonlight is, uh, you mentioned, to me, out of those films, has the most hopeful ending, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it doesn't end with anything specific, but they're yeah. holding each other and they're like, it's an open future, right? So that mm. movie specifically has the most hopeful ending. And I mean, it's also great because that, I mean, that movie won the Oscars. So that's an amazing, mm-hmm. I mean, that was an amazing moment, right? When that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's only affected me in the fact that I have such a hard time and I'm not trying to spoil my own movie here. Right. But I have such a hard time writing tragic endings for gay characters because we've had too many of them. Right. We've had too many of right. them. And, um, we've had too many of our, um, you know, heroes who we see on film and TV die randomly, right? And I think, or one of them dies and one of them lives with the memory of them, right? There's that kind of thing. And so it's like, even, I mean, Call Me By Your Name got the sequel, which finally has a happier ending. Spoiler alert. Like, <laughs> oh, thank God. It's been out for a while. <laughs> like 40 years later, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> I think it only affected me in the fact that I really cannot, at least in the terms of a gay romance, write something that's deeply tragic. I mean, I can write something that maybe they don't end up together because that happens, but I can't write something... Um, that harms someone who's in this community. Mm-hmm. I think right. we just need mm-hmm. too much of that. And I, I can't write something that has that narrative. Okay, right. good. Right. <laughs> Thank God. We need that. Thank God, Max. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've worked as a publicist in this town for like almost 10 years. I've been in a lot of rooms and a lot of straight kind of cisgendered men, they salivate at that torture of a gay character. If, if you beat up a trans person, they love it. Like I've pitched stuff with clients where they're like, why can't the gay character get beat up? And they're like, no, he's like the football quarterback. And they're like, no, 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 just have him get beat up because he's gay. Like they love that. So mm-hmm. for you to be able to do that is is super powerful and, and very, very, like, I love, I love to hear that. Mm-hmm. On that note, I wanted to ask you a quick question about, because um, going from writer and actor and you do like Broadway, all the stuff that you do, and then jumping to director is a big leap. Like that, that takes some, you know, that takes some cojones to kind of jump and do that. <laughs> was there someone that like you looked up to or a mentor or someone in that process of, you know, it's a directorial debut, debut. Was there someone that you went to, like, how did you just go, okay, I'm going to direct this myself? I think, uh, so when I was young, I would always say I want to, my goal in life was to star, direct, and write my own Broadway musicals. And so I guess I just translated that into film. But no, yeah. I think like I'm, I would be ridiculous ridiculous if I didn't say that I know nothing about filmmaking to be honest like I, I didn't go to school for it I, and like me whoever is funding my film like don't listen to me say this but like, <laughs> like I mean He's very I, talented Mac what I know you. though what I know how to do is tell a story and I've done mm-hmm. that my entire life and um, I've directed theater my whole life and I've you know so I know specifically how to tell a story Right, and so at the end of the day, that's what was most important to me and things like this was telling the story. And so I was interviewing these directors and going back and forth and I just didn't feel the confidence that someone else was gonna share the story with the same amount of love and the same amount of care that I could and that I'm going mm. to. And so it was, um, I don't wanna say that there was one specific mentor who led me in that direction because there were many. Um, okay. There were many people who um, who spoke to me and were like, you know, instilled me with the confidence. And I think a big thing was I went to um, my friend, Charlie Tahan, who's going to be in the movie. Uh, he's oh, a 
he's on Ozark and he's a really good friend of mine. Uh, we did Super Dark mm-hmm. Times together. And basically I was just like, cause he'd been attached to the movie for a long time. He was the first person who I went to with the script. I always wanted him to do it. Um, and he just, I was like, just so you know, I decided to direct it. And he was like, finally. like come to that conclusion and so when like that happened and when I had the confidence of everyone else in the cast and everyone who I was casting and you know it just at at some point it didn't feel right handing off this movie and Mm -hmm. I like I couldn't have the conscience to do it like I just couldn't so I can learn about cameras right I can learn that kind of thing I know how to tell a story, so I'm going to tell it. That's kind of what it came out. Got it. Love That's amazing. That. I love it's your baby. That. It's your baby. Yeah. <laughs> your birthing, your baby. I love it. I love it's it. It's your passion project, you not your any... passion party. <laughs> oh, yes, Brian. Um, do you guys have any final questions you want to ask? We can we have time for one more. Ollie, have any? Um, let's see. Uh who are like just a off the top of your head, who are some of your queer like idols growing up or queer icons that really kind of got you where you are today with their help of just being inspired by them and influenced? I, I think in like a less specific way because um, I can't think of like specific names but I, I I do know that I was growing up as someone who's you know loved theater and who followed Broadway all the way like it would always be like there would be um, a Broadway star at an opening night and be like someone with their partner or someone with their husband or someone with their boyfriend right and I think the Broadway community has kind of led the charge and leaving living your life openly as a performer and so I like coming from that background I've never in my mind thought of anything but living my truth and so I I, I was very much inspired by Broadway performers who did that and who led with um, example by doing that. That's awesome I love that I love yeah. that so much. Broadway is the that. hero basically. Broadway yes. is the hero. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get let's support live theater, right? Yes. Support yes, it. yes, yes. When everything opens up. Is there any music in this, um, in things like this? Because you said musical theater there is like influence. Um, my, oh, I will sing in it. I have a song. Ooh. Um, I'm, I'm constantly inspired by music. So I'm constantly listening um for what can be on the soundtrack or bands that I can work with. Because I wrote this thing basically like it, no one else sings, but I wrote it basically as a musical because I just get inspired. <laughs> all the time so, <laughs> there's literally 10 hundred music cues and i like keep <laughs> stuff so it's like i definitely need to um find the people to work with but there's gonna be so much music in it because i'm just constantly inspired by that. i love that i love that and so just uh where can people follow you in the meantime so they can keep up to date when this comes out and we, i can't wait to see it yeah so um you can follow me all my social media is the max t show Okay, so the Max T Show, been there at that handle all the time since the very beginning yeah. of Instagram. So just follow me there, the Max T Show. And, uh, I update all the time with um, everything that we're doing. Because uh, the truth is that even though, you know, we're staying at home, we're working harder than ever on this film because hopefully, mm-hmm. um, you know, when things get back up, we're, we're ready to go. So that's, we're very excited by that. And uh, the fact is, it's it's been a really productive time for the film, actually. Awesome. That's great. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you for being here with us. Yeah, Brian, where can they all oh, find you? So yeah, much thank fun. You. So yes, much it was fun. so oh fun. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah, you. You can find me come on... back. <laughs> yes, please. No, you're good. Please, please, please come back. back. Yes. Please.
Yes, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at the Brian Santos and on Afterbus TV's Quarantine with the Stars. And I'm Ollie Drennan. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ollie Dreamer. Perfect. And you can find me at Amir Yass underscore Y-A-S-S on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Max Talisman, thank you so much for being here with us. You, Your words will stay with me. They were so deep and uh, poignant, so I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Awesome. Yay. Come back whenever you want. This is like your clubhouse. Come back whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> a little better. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. We're a little less shady than Andy Cohen. But <laughs> thank <you. laughs> Thanks again. Uh, y'all be safe and take care. And we'll be back next week for Gay Twitter Panel. Love you all. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.